Hello, everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earl. This is episode 75, Justice. Now, I should tell you that my dog's name is Justice. He's uh, almost a three-year-old, half German Shepherd, half Golden Doodle, uh, courtesy of Chris and Mel Harrison. Uh, he was a, a puppy in their litter. He's a, he's a sweet dog, but he's rather intimidating. He's all black, and he has a vicious bark. But so far, uh, he hasn't hurt anyone, and so I'm thankful for that, as is my liability insurer. But I would say right now, given the nature of the way things are going in this country, actually globally, that justice my beloved canine companion is the closest thing to justice I can discern anywhere, anytime. Seems like justice is a faint uh, memory of what we might have had in the past. Let, let me give you a quick definition from the Webster Dictionary. Justice is the process to fairly judge and punish crimes and criminals. And what we're seeing now is people who blatantly violate the law in any number of ways uh, get off scot-free, maybe not even being indicted, or if they're indicted, the charges are dropped or diminished. Whereas people, for what we would consider minor crimes, who haven't been charged for serious crimes, are lingering in prison day after day after day. Now, we need radical criminal justice reform in this nation, in this state, everywhere. But until we get a true sense of what justice means, until we recognize that there are people who can violate the law willy-nilly without any repercussions or consequences, until we resolve that issue, justice is just going to be a faint memory, something that we'll have to tell our grandkids about because they sure as heck won't know what it is. One article I'd like to recommend to you is from Doug Casey's International Man, and you know I uh, use a lot of his stuff here in this program, but it was from uh, Wednesday, January 5th. He uh, discusses on the failures of the justice system and a viable solution. I'd recommend you read that. Uh, you may find it enlightening. Um, he basically suggests that we go to the Ayn Rand uh, description of what justice is. It's a minimal night watchman sort of state like that described by her. And I'm quoting him now. The proper role of government is simply to defend you from force and fraud. Beyond that, it uh, it exceeds its authority or its necessity, actually. And going back to the original definition of to punish crimes and criminals, what we have today is things being declared criminal or crimes and people being uh, taken to task for them when, in fact, they are not crimes against humanity or property. And uh, so 
I guess it would lead to what we'd call a despotism. And I would recommend an article in Zero Hedge by John and Nisha Whitehead from the Rutherford Institute, two people who I follow rather closely and whose views I respect. But they say despotism is the new normal, and they have a whole list of things that they declare as threats to our freedom in 2022. This is in Zero Hedge on Saturday, January 8th. I would urge you to scope it out and uh, find out just what they're talking about. The thing is, is it's, it's just like we perceive it to be. They bring it down into a concise little package so that we can really get our arms around it and, and work on it. Another article from the Breitbart Business Digest on Wednesday the 5th talks about... Uh, the top stories from Breitbart are talking about how the economic data that's coming out uh, is not reliable. The COVID data that we get is not reliable. Um, in some cases, we don't know whether it's incompetence, a lack of information, or simply perfidy, or simply the fact that our government agents and those people calling the shots don't want us to know the truth. And it's difficult to attack something or address something or cope with something like COVID unless we know the truth and we know the real data of what we're dealing with. As you know, it's been since the beginning of this whole episode started with the original COVID-19, the whole nature of therapeutics and uh, strengthening our immune systems has been ignored by the health people. And it seems to me they put a whole lot of us, a whole number of us at risk um, without their being straightforward, open and honest with us about this whole thing going forward. And I might add, I just saw this week, and you may have seen it too, where the state of Connecticut is planning or hoping, I guess, to put active COVID patients in nursing homes. Huh. So what goes around comes around, and apparently, as far as government is concerned and their reaction to this whole mess, it stays around, and we just can't get rid of stupidity in the government sense. Inside Wall Street with Nomi Prins from Thursday the 6th, has a nice article in there uh, actually uh, talking about an article by Laura Nas Vegas, and she suggests that copper is something you want to keep an eye on if you're an investor. Now, let me say, I don't recommend investment strategies for you. I just try to give you a sense of what others are saying. I would urge you to do your own research, do your own analysis, and come up to your own conclusions. Besides, some of you have $100 to invest, some of you have a dollar, and some of you have much more than that. And your approach uh, to all these issues or to investment strategies is going to be different for each and every one of you, plus what your goals are. 
But she does say that copper, given the fact that we're going all this greenie movement and everything that's coming on, copper is going to be a good buy going forward, according to them. As you know, the tech sector has been hit pretty hard in the last few days. Um, Luke Lango in Hypergrowth Investing from the 7th says that uh, there is a way to capitalize on it. He was speaking about over the past three days, that'd be the the 5th through the 7th, that the NASDAQ dropped 4.7%. That's its worst three-day performance since May of 2021. And at that time, the whole index was flirting with correction territory. The problem? Well, just like it is in many, if it's not government bureaucracy, regulation, and taxation, it's the Fed. The fact that the Fed, uh, the masters of the financial universe, have done a 180-degree pivot on their policy stance, and now they're going to become aggressive towards inflation, so they say. Um, I grew up on a farm, as many, of, as many of you know, and there's an old line that, you know, closing the barn door after the horse has left is a little late. I paraphrased it, but you get the point that the Fed is uh, always one or two steps behind as far as the rest of us are concerned when it comes to taking care of their uh, their banks and their people in that sector. They're very diligent about that. It's the rest of us to get the hammer on the Fed uh, issues and so forth. And then from another Doug Casey article from the 7th, uh, here's why money printing won't stop and what you need to do to be prepared. Uh, he's talking in there w- uh, with Nick uh, Giambruno, Giambruno, if we make it more clear. Uh, he was formerly the editor-in-chief at the International Man. And he says the Fed will continue to print money until it can't. In other words, until the point that inflation is so rampant and society has been so disrupted and the people are so stirred up or, I guess, resigned and the economy comes crashing down, then it'll probably quit. I guess probably what's going to happen is the energy sector is going to collapse and they're not going to have the electricity to run those digital printing machines that they use to create money out of nothing. Um, I've known people like that my entire life who always want money for doing nothing, and the Fed obviously has mastered that with the, uh, I guess, the advice and consent of the U.S. government. Going back to Luke Lango from Saturday the 8th, he's talking about hydrogen could be kick-started in 2022 as an energy source. You know, we've seen some scenarios play out over the last few days that may call into question the wisdom of having all-electric vehicles when you think about that snarling 16- to 24-hour parking lot on I-95 in the midst of snow and crashes and uh, how those cars are sitting there, if they'd all been electric, the catastrophe that was bad 
would have been much, much worse as people would have, we would have had a, a huge, I guess, junkyard sitting there after a few hours. And so what Luke is saying is that the recognition that EVs may not be the total way to go uh, opens the door again for hydrogen as a uh, as a source. Now, significantly, hydrogen is costly to produce because you basically have to draw it out of water. It's it's not clean. I mean, it is ultimately clean, but the process of getting it is a complicated one. But he said there. Uh, are some new issues and new developments coming around that make the extraction and the storing of hydrogen much more efficient and uh, through some new technological breakthroughs. I hope he's right. I'm I'm not opposed to hydrogen as a source. I think it may be a way to go. This new development they've got, um, it's known as DESY. That's a research center in Germany discovered a way to store it in palladium nanoparticles. Okay, now we go back to another difficulty there, and that's the whole issue of palladium. But I guess they've got it, they think they've got it resolved, and it doesn't require pressurized tanks or cooling, uh, just some metal and a little heat to store hydrogen. That could be a game changer going forward. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. So we've discussed things on the energy front, discussed things on the economic and inflation front, but what it comes down to is I think the real issues are the ones we started to show off with, and that's justice and despotism. I truly believe, and this may sound like conspiracy theorist talk or or somebody who's becoming somewhat unhinged. But I do do believe we have evolved into a tyrannical nation. We have a government and the bureaucracy and all the people involved in aspect of it who have basically turned us into a tyranny here in the United States. So with that cherry thought, I want you to remember that inside your heart, is where freedom lies. So stay free, be free, and live free. I'm Charlie Earle.